looks, looks, fires it downfield, caught by Dawson Knox at the eight, dives into the end zone, he is in! Touchdown! Touchdown Buffalo, Dawson Knox was wide open! Welcome back in Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, Tanner Saunders on the board as we are getting you ready for Monday Night Football Week 1. Bills and Jets as the season is underway. I mean, it's already underway. We got ourselves Week 1. We had Thursday Night Football. It was not a bad game. It may have been somewhat sloppy between the two teams. I mean, I wasn't convinced of either Kansas City or Detroit on Thursday night, but that's for another time. That's for another segment today. We got three hours. I mean, we got two and a half hours here. Plenty of time to talk about things and uh, and mess around. But before we do any messing around, though, we get back to business because you know that when I bring on someone from Cover One, we're talking business. We're getting things going. And I know that I haven't talked to this man in a while. Happy to have on the Western Hotline once more. It's Greg Thompson of Cover One. Greg. It's been a while. How you been, brother? I apologize. I was told that I was brought on to mess around. Was that was that a mistake? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, me being serious is always about messing around. I'm serious about messing around. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, it's great, man. It's uh, it, it's it's crazy. Like Monday night feels so far away. Like it just it does. It won't get here. It won't get here. Maybe that's the problem with having the first Monday night football game of the year is you now have to watch every other game happen before yours and you're just like the kid in the corner while all the other people are talking at the party and uh you're just sitting there like you know it's that meme everyone's talking to each other and you're in the corner like you know the bills and jets play monday night right and (laughs) i don't know know if you guys know we haven't asked your time as game yeah right (laughs) someone make that someone meme it right now uh (laughs) greg thanks for joining us and uh hey we're here we've made it like like I said it in the first segment, like we always say we're back. Not until the Bills actually play the first regular season game, but man, we're back. Yeah, it, it really is great. It's it's tough when you're going through all the different you know narratives and and everything and and a you know, real analysis, figuring out yeah, hey, what what matters? Which starting spot is actually up for for grabs? What what you know training camp darling is actually going to make the roster? All those different things that we build up and. For the most part, you know, how many of those things are actually going to impact the outcome of this game on Monday versus, hey, we've got Josh Allen, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, it, it always starts with 17 under center, and, of course, one of the big things, though, is that hasn't mattered against the Jets sometimes. I, he's It's one of his more rough records that he has within the division, and it's the team that statistically has held – Allen back the most successfully in his career within the division is the New York Jets. How do you think it, that one's going to go with hit, with Allen as uh, as he's had some struggles against that team in New Jersey? For sure, I, I don't want to go as far as kryptonite and that this is some you know they've got Josh Allen solved, but they have a absolutely stellar defense. They have athletes at all three levels. They have a defensive line who can get after you, which no matter what, even for a mobile, you know, huge athletic quarterback like Josh Allen, that's still a problem. That's still a challenge. And then you actually have one of the few corners who can, you know, give Stephon Diggs a hard time. And normally Diggs is such a cheat code to be able to just get open whenever he wants when you have a guy like Sauce Gardner and actually challenges him. So I think this is going to come down to 
how many quick answers did Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey have? How are the secondary offensive options going to work in being able to to get open quickly? And whether that's Deontay Hardy, Dalton Kincaid, you know, getting open quickly isn't necessarily Gabe Davis's strength. So I, I don't expect him to be a huge part of that. But you know, do we get answers out of the backfield? Because the primary ones, you're, no one is going to run for a ton of yards against the Jets. They have an awesome run defense. And you're not going to take seven-step drops and take huge shots down the field. You have to matriculate the ball. You have to do death by a thousand paper cuts. And honestly, we saw that early last season for the Buffalo Bills. They destroyed some – I mean, Tennessee was a good defense, and they ripped them apart. Being able to do those things that we saw early last season when Josh was healthy – and didn't have the limitations for that UCL injury, if we can get back to that with some of these new weapons, get the ball out quickly, let them work their way down the field, don't let that defensive line get to Josh Allen, I think they can they can have a very good chance here, but they need to have the discipline to do that. Greg, you mentioned narratives uh, you know, when, when we were beginning here, and um, I'm starting to bash my head into a table about them. So... If you could either be part of my catharsis or um, try to help calm me down on this one, but uh, jet type's getting a little too unreal to me, and I'm starting to really think maybe people need to remember what the Bills' defense is about. So I'll definitely help because the I love the fact that the Bills are flying is under the radar is what they are. The fact that they were everyone's Super Bowl pick and the Super Bowl favorite last year, and this year they're probably slightly better. And that now multiple, like, very, you know, prominent analysts and, and people are picking them not to make the playoffs. Bill Simmons literally has them not making the playoffs. It's fantastic. Um, it's I think weird. that's going to get brought back to reality pretty quickly. Um, I, this Jets team is one of those where it's not completely media-driven. Like, this isn't some completely made-up thing where everybody wants to pick them just for the big market and big city. They were a really good roster last year who won despite their quarterback and now added a first-ballot walk-in Hall of Famer who was an MVP two out of the last three seasons. Like, that, there's a reason to get excited for that. Now, the fact that people are overlooking – their biggest issue is offensive line and Aaron Rodgers is turning 40. Like, I think that should be more of a concern. I think that there's a lot of hope in a couple different positions on this defense that are very unproven. Um, you know, they're, they're hoping for some guys to step up in that secondary outside of sauce Gardner. Um, they're hoping that you know, CJ Mosley can have another year where he can still move in space and cover. And that this defensive line is just going to, you know, terrorize teams enough that it doesn't turn into taking advantage of what's open in the middle of the field. Um, so I, I think that maybe the completeness or the the depth of the team is being overlooked. You know, outside of Garrett Wilson, who's the next best target in that pass receiving core, tight end, receiver, back out of the backfield. I, I'm curious where some of those things come. So I get the high-end hype. I don't think it's completely made up. There's a reason to be excited. If I was a Jets fan, I would be excited if I was a Jets fan. I'd be picking them to win on Monday. Um, that, those are not crazy things. But I think people have gone a little bit too far because of the market and because of who that quarterback is. Greg Thompson, cover one, joining us here on the West Hurra Hotline. Greg, I 
I'm excited more so for this Bills defense in a lot of ways, but mostly because outside of Von Miller having to be on the pup for the first four weeks, they're healthy again. And that is going to become one of the biggest signs of optimism to me uh, for the Bills, not just going into Monday night, but for the whole season, is that they're off on the right they're off to the right start injury wise, I should say. Absolutely. I think that it's really reassuring to have Obviously, you know, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, I think, played less than 100 snaps together all of last season. Um, so having everybody back there, having, you know, I trust, obviously, you had Sal Capaccio on. Everybody respects Sal's uh, input and, and out, outlook on the team. You know, he can't talk enough about how much Trey White looks like the old Trey White, looks like the that young, explosive, uh, you know, CB1 Trey White. Having Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier back with, you know, what we expect from Trey White, that's a huge, huge impact on this defense. And I think that if you ask most casual fans who has the better defensive line between the Jets and the Bills, I think nine out of ten people would tell you the Jets. And don't get me wrong, Quinton Williams is an absolute monster. He is an absolute terror. I don't know that, you know, short of Von Miller fully healthy, I don't know that we have anybody who individually matches how dominant Quinn and Williams can be. But I actually think if you look at the top eight to 10 guys on both groups, the Bills have better depth than they do. And we have better overall pass rushers than they do. And I think that's being really undersold, especially with the questions the Jets have on their offensive line. Um, so I'm really excited to see a lot of people are excited. You heard a lot of the team. Uh, and other defensive linemen talk about Gregory Rousseau and what a, a step he's ready to take. Um, I think a lot of fans don't realize how nice of an addition Leonard Floyd was. Thank you. And I, I'm excited to see some of those things prove out on the field in, I, I think, a big way come Monday night. Greg, I, I blurted that one out because it was in my head. Like it was the next thing I was ready to ask you was about Leonard Floyd and how underrated of a signing that is. And then you just went full telepathy on me and (laughs) made sure to shout that out. So that is absolutely it. It looks like the defensive line and the secondary in particular with the bills, they do look like two of the deepest units defensively in the entire league, but there is one big problem and it's right in the middle of the defense. Terrell Bernard wins the quote unquote wins the starting linebacker job. How concerned are you with the uh, middle of the defense? Uh, As a wise man said back in June, uh, very concerned. (laughs) Um, The out of all the spots on this team, I I actually think Spencer Brown is going to be okay. And I think part of it's going to be because of the game plan and 12 personnel bolted on and put Dawson Knox next to him all the time. I'm excited about the defensive line rotation. I think that no matter who played at cornerback two, there was a really high floor and all of them were going to be pretty good. Middle linebacker is the one we don't know. I don't know if we have a starting caliber middle linebacker on the team, on the roster. Um, We're going to have a guy who's going to start. And Terrell Bernard is – the appropriate lesser of evils. He's our best guy in coverage. I think he can move well in space. He understands the defense and can make the calls. He can get everybody in position. And honestly, if I'm going to have a weak spot, I want a weak spot I can surround with a really good defensive line in front of him, maybe the best combination of one-tech run-stuffing defensive tackles we've had in a long time with both Daquan Jones and Puna Ford. And then next to him, uh, Matt Milano. On the other side is Taron Johnson. 
the safety blanket behind him is Jordan Poyer and, and, and Micah Hyde. That's as good as you can ask for, and I still don't know how good that's going to be. Um, I have some optimism that maybe the, the instincts and the, the things that we heard from Dave Veranda uh, coming out of Baylor are going to prove true and that he can you know, overcome some of the size limitations and that he's a very good athlete but at a smaller size. I'm cautiously optimistic. I, you know, if you ask me, my gut tells me that by week two or week three we're, we might see Christian Kirksey step into that role. Um, so we'll find out. I, I, I hope that we get one of these guys to step in there, but I think this was kind of the ga- the biggest gamble that Bean and, and the defensive uh, staff kind of made going into the season. And I think that it's one they can patch together. We've seen other spots be patched together, especially in the secondary and other later round picks step up and, and take on roles. This is the one where I have probably the least confidence, but also the least concern because I think you can patch together linebacker play in the NFL nowadays. Um, So I don't expect it to be something where, you know, you don't put a linebacker out isolated one-on-one in coverage against elite athletes. Like it's not something where a defense can absolutely over and over again, identify and isolate and pick on a guy. Um, I think we might see that here or there. Aaron Rodgers is an incredibly well-versed veteran who knows the defenses inside and out, he's probably going to get, you know, Terrell Bernard in a blender once or twice in the game. We just need to make sure we have those other elite players around him to help minimize the damage. Now, going into the offensive side of the ball, Greg, um, how are we feeling about Dalton Kincaid going into Monday night? Do you think they try to utilize him earlier? Do you think they maybe shelter him a little bit, mostly use Dawson Knox in the passing game? Or do you think do you think maybe we see what the Lions did with uh, Sam Laporta on Thursday? I mean, he went five five for 39 on five targets and then looked impressive on uh, other facets uh, for their offense as well. Um, I think it's a great comp, um, and I think that they stylistically are similar players. I, I think that that's the same kind of mold we're going to see where they can be put out into flex spots and off the line of scrimmage and into the slot. And I think Kincaid's even a nice, step up from Laporta in receiving ability and athleticism. So he's my hardest one to keep myself like realistic about because there's a lot of things that lean into a really big debut for Dalton Kincaid. You know, this is a game where it makes sense to run a ton of 12 personnel. We want both tight ends out there as often as possible, just so you can give, the offensive line, that extra step, make it, make a defensive end bump out one more gap, give them one extra chip, one extra, you know, shove on the shoulder as they go by to help out the offensive tackle. Also, the defensive line is going to get home relatively quickly. So we want to get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands quickly. So that's going to go to quick outlets, guys who can find leverage, soft spots in the zone, be able to, to do this. And now we're talking about it makes sense for KK to be on the field a lot. And it makes sense to target where he's going to be on the field a lot. And then you compound that with just some of the most universal praise I can remember for any Bills rookie since probably Trey White. Like, I just don't remember any player where, you know, if I put you guys on the spot and ask, what what's the biggest negative you've heard about Dalton Kincaid so far? 
most people I ask that have to sit there for a minute and go, uh, huh. Like, it, it's just this drumbeat is so positive. The opportunity makes so much sense. I, I don't think it's crazy that we could see, you know, I, I try not to go nuts. So maybe five catches for 48 yards. But I think four or five of them might go for first downs. It won't be crazy if one of them is a touchdown. Um, you know, guessing higher than that is putting unre- unreasonable expectations on him. We know what rookie tight end production normally looks like, how limited that can be. Even five for 48 yards, you're still talking about on pace for an 85-catch, 800-yard season. That would be like a top three season of any rookie tight end in NFL history. So th- we're already putting unreasonably high uh, expectations on this kid. But like I said, I, I can't help it. Like I, I see – a pretty exciting debut coming for him. And I think he's going to legitimately be a pretty big part of this offense. I I don't think it's crazy that he's the number two target in this offense earlier than that. You know, it, it's crazy that like you, you know, 85 catches, 800 yards. That's a fantastic season for a tight end in general, not even just a rookie. You know, if you told me that three years from now, Kincaid would, would have that kind of a year, I would be, I'd say, sign me up for that. But to think he could, you know, just to think that there's even the ever slight possibility he does it this year too as a rookie, it, that's insane. Yeah, my hottest take I've had on, on Dalton Kincaid is I think Dalton Kincaid is going to be the greatest tight end in Buffalo Bills history before his rookie contract is done. Greg, uh, I think uh, in those five seasons, he will have the best statistical profile of any Bills tight end in, in our uh, franchise history, which it, sadly is a pretty low bar. It is a very low bar. I was just going to make That's the joke. Bar, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this is going to be exciting. And like we had made mention, we just have to get through the other 14 games first uh, before we get to enjoy ours as rabid fans as we are. Greg. I'm excited for this. I know you are. Everyone else is. And one last time for the uh, for the listening public, you know what to do. Yeah, I appreciate it as always. It's fantastic to jump on with you guys. Uh, if you guys are, are looking for anything, obviously make sure you're checking out everything at WGR first, but then come on over. Oh, check sure. us out at Cover 1. Search Cover 1 on YouTube. You can find Aaron and I going live immediately after every game, doing our preview show Wednesday night. and We have content for you guys every evening all the way out through through the season. So make sure you check it out. Easiest way is just to search for Cover 1 on YouTube. Find all of our shows there and come on over and have some fun after you get done enjoying WGR. And, of course, Greg, uh, the next time I have you on, we're going to get them hockey takes. Absolutely. I am so excited to share <laughs> oh, all wait. of my in-depth hockey knowledge. It's fantastic. <laughs> Still my favorite hashtag, Greg doesn't know hockey. But maybe one day we will confidently say Greg does know hockey. That's the goal. Uh, one day at a time. Baby One time. day at a time. Just a couple seasons at a time. We're going here. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Go Bills. Go Bills. Greg Thompson of Cover 1 on the Western Hotline. We got to get going here as uh, as someone stared at me asking some extra questions, knowing that the 1150 segment is about to get blown up again. We, we've admitted that it doesn't exist. RIP to the segment that doesn't exist. We'll be back in a flash here. You're listening to WGR.
sports. It's not in the game. So there's a reason Tanner played that one, uh, mostly because I have a nice little rant, and I am going to revive the 50 segment here uh, a just little bit. Just for this. Just for this. I mean, it's it's more or less just a, it, it's something that I do. Derek Kramer, Frank Arcuri, Sports Talk Saturday as we uh, as we wrap up the first hour here. Sal Capaccio, Greg Thompson joined us. So if you have the Odyssey app, you can rewind, listen to them, hear their thoughts on Bills and Jets as we go through the rest of the weekend. But as many people, if they follow me on Twitter, um, I'm a major dork. I play a lot of games. I am an absolute nerd. Like, it's just who I am. Um, The EA Sports thing there is for a reason we played that, and that is um, this year in gaming has been dope. Ridiculous games up and down the roster. Um Hey, guess what? If you if you play video games, remember Hogwarts Legacy? That was a that was a really highly touted game this year, but it's going to be a forgotten one because of like Breath of the Wild or uh, Baldur's Gate Three. Starfield is out. Street Fighter Six, Mortal Kombat. Like, there's a ton of great games out this year. And what is EA Sports doing? Making theirs actively worse. <laughs> like this market bought Madden because Josh Allen's on the cover. That's the only reason I would have even thought about it. And I didn't because I know that EA Sports puts out the same game every year with Madden and next to no changes. Yeah, they fixed some things in uh, in franchise mode. You can do training camp again. We were able to do that on the PlayStation 2, yo. We're at 5 and we're just getting that back? PS3 and PS4 were robbed. I was able to play training camp activities with a PlayStation 2. There's way too many good games out right now that I can't waste my money on anything that EA Sports goes ahead and puts out. EA Games put out Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and that one's a great game. Probably Mm -hmm. not even going to win Game of the Year. But it was fantastic. No. like, And now I'm seeing clips of, uh, of NHL 24. Get that out of here. I am going to make my official decree, first time as a Sports Talk Saturday host going forward here, that EA Sports NHL 24 is the booty cheek of the week. All right. I agree. I'm with that. Booty cheek of the week. Yep. There it is. NHL 24. It hasn't even come out yet. I am decreeing it as booty cheeks. For people who don't know, uh, the... Some clips of of it has been has been coming out, and one one of the clips has been the hitting mechanics, and boy, it is bad. It's so if you're trying to make a realistic physics engine, do not tell me realistically that Mitch Marner can put somebody over the boards without any momentum, without any momentum even. They're just standing along the just boards. standing there, and he just and puts he them just over the boards. Them. Because that's listen, something that Mitch Marner can do. If hey, it was he's John, a strong, Sk- hey, he's a strong guy. Okay, I get, I get it. But that, no, not that. I don't know who it was in the game that he pushed over because they were showing. It most- was Mika Zabinajad. No, yeah, no way, no way, absolutely not. Let me tell you something here. Mitch Marner is six foot, one hundred eighty-one pounds, bigger than he sometimes plays, but still not a big guy. He's also not somebody who makes a ton of hits. 
especially like that. Mika Zabinijad. 6-2-2-0-2. Don't worry, you could be pushed over the boards without any momentum against you. No one's skating into you. He's just standing next to you. But, You're going over the boards. Oh, but but I'm but sorry. Ra- is this but, NHL hits? But if you rag, but if you rag the puck, it's a penalty this year. Oh, go- oh that's good. That's a good thing. That's actually a the good common thing. person doesn't know what that means. But it's more or less a garbage gaming mechanic that people do, people abuse. Yeah. So, but again, my big thing is this: I want to play a game for its realism. I don't. I don't like playing other people online with NHL anyway. So that yeah. part's irrelevant to me. Yeah, that's. I'm true. sorry if I want to play the hockey game. I, I want to play the hockey game. If I want to play NHL hits, I'll queue up the GameCube and play NHL hits. Yeah. I've always played EASHL, like the the team aspect of it. You get, you know, you're on a team with your friends and everything, whatever. But like, no, I can't do it anymore. Like, I didn't buy NHL 23 last year. It's I can't garbage. buy NHL 23. It looks like garbage. Booty cheek of the week. Speaking of booty cheeks, uh, that's not a good segue for anything. Um, you've got more of us coming up. A couple more hours of yes, we're, Derek we're and the Frank on Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR Buffalo.